Like sometimes you will try to drag your best friend, your brother with you throughout the whole month. When you're in a relationship and you're in love, that's what you're signing up for, vulnerability. It's not what I know about that position, it's who I know what that's yeah. in that position that will get me there. Yeah. Find yourself, mm -hmm. know who you are, Okay. and then secure who you are. Making sure that you just present yourself the best way possible because Middle finger, all you non-believers. My intentions were good. My intentions to want to do something for my mother because she needs help. Everyone like, thinks a child that's born um, from a mother that's 16 automatically thinks, oh man, she's going to struggle. Believe in what you want to do and just keep your passion alive and don't let anyone kill your drive. Yeah. I'm not trying to be accepted by them. I just want to be accepted by God. And, and we're doing it for ourselves. We're not asking for help anymore. We're empowering ourselves. It's, it's all, like you said, it's all a sacrifice. Right, it's, right. It's, it's a sacrifice of life that you take. Like, like I'm willing to be homeless for this. Good afternoon, everybody. It is I, Genie Genius. It is Saad the Guru. It is March 26, 2018. Welcome to another edition of Nabra Talk. Um, we have a fun one for you guys, so please tune in. So we're going to go into Monday Motivation. So my quote for you guys is, um, one of the most important foundations to success um, are healthy habits. If you feel like you aren't moving at the rate that you should, um, if you aren't happy with where you are, most of the time, uh, it relates to the, uh, the, the ritual habits that you guys uh, do every day in your life. So what you need to do at times is replace your negative habits with good ones. Um, habits as in waking up early, um, reading books, um, habits like um, just being positive, you know, telling people, uh, more, you know, putting out more positivity into the world. Um, what, what now the reason why habits are so important to your success is because they are they're like the roots of a tree. You know, the roots of a tree, the roots are a reason why are roots in plants and trees are the reason why they they grow and the, the reason why they, um you know, they get so tall and stuff like that. So if your habits are negative and they're not doing you justice, you literally need to cut them off and replace them with good ones. Now, it, it will take time to to change them. It won't happen overnight. It won't happen um, uh, in a short period amount of time. But um if you begin, you will see the change in your life and the change in how you see things eventually. And I'm speaking that from, from experience. Um, I do want to go into my side note real quick. It's March Madness and everyone fills out uh, their brackets. You know, we have the, the bracket challenge by um, some of these uh, basketball companies and sports companies and stuff. Um, but what I want to... What I wanted to tell you guys is that I want I want I want to I want to be clear. There will be a time where the bracket challenge is successful because they put this put this in quotation marks say it's impossible. I want to let y'all know I was what? the bracket challenge. What's that? 
it's where you are. So in, ba- in, in March, you fill out, um, you have Come the tournament. March yeah, March Madness. So you okay. fill out the teams, you pick which one's going to win. So it's impossible because, you know, you don't really know which teams are going to make it to the Final Four, the Elite mm-hmm. Eight and stuff. I was close. The first year I tried it, I got to the Elite Eight. Now, if you win, you get cash prize. So I'm here to tell y'all right now, I will win the bracket challenge. It may it might not be this year, next year. It might not be ten years from now. But that believe like me, the bookie to me. <laughs> listen, I, there's a method to my madness. Okay, if you do your research, the reason why I was so close that year is because I did my research. Ninety-nine percent of people who do the bracket challenge do not do their research. Yo, Obama wow. did not do his research. That's why he lost in his bracket challenge. I, I'm gonna leave it there, though. <laughs> you sound wildin'. Yo, the only reason why that that stuff works because sports is rigged. How's no, no, sports no. Sports is rigged though. Sports is rigged. It is rigged. I can't give you the information to back it up yet. She's not on the mic. Yeah. But Get on the mic. No. Get can you please mic. speak in the mic? <laughs> Sports is rigged. Sports are rigged. You're going to sit there the whole time? Yeah, because what happened in here? It's you know, weird. I can easily move this. Yeah, thing. you could just make room, Kemi. Like. <laughs> I like that bag. That's yours? Yeah. I like it. Sports, some okay. sports is rigged. But we, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that for another day. Now, we got Kemi in the building. Kemi hasn't been with us for, what, two weeks? We miss you, Kemi. I miss you guys, too. How's life? Jean, stop looking at my wig. What the? <laughs> Yo, I that just saw I was crazy. looking at it. I didn't even look at it Oh, yet. okay, because last time he was like, I can see the little lace part. Is that supposed <laughs> to look like that? <laughs> yeah. I, uh-huh. I see it now, too. Uh-huh. But I wonder about to say that. Especially not on the radio. It's, like, it's late. Yeah, you, you expose like, yourself. You feel me like. Well, you know, you just call it out so we can move on. It's late, though. It looks nice. That was self-consciousness right there. <laughs> no, I don't think it was self-consciousness. It's more of let me address it so you don't have to. Uh, so we can just keep, uh, keep going. was oh, Okay. So for, um, we have a very special guest today. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an entrepreneur, real estate investor. An author and also a Kane University alumna. Okay. Before we go in t- any further, I want y'all to understand that this woman has been grinding since the age of 14 working full-time jobs. I want you guys to give a round of applause for Tanise Shavers. Thank you, guys. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No I'm so mad I missed that clap just now. Word, you're, and you're usually the one that always like. I'm usually when I get to, you word. know, the one who says it. So, <laughs> you are a Kane alumna. Yes. Could you give us a little background of how it was like going to Kane University, um, and how it's been, you know, how how it was growing up in Trenton, New Jersey? Yes, absolutely. Um, I had I had a good time at Kane. I didn't get to take full advantage of of everything and all the things I wanted to do here. I wanted to be a part of the sorority. I didn't get a chance to do that because I was working um, full time. So my classes were like at six and eight o'clock in the morning. And I would get them out the way so I could be to work by one. And then I worked all day mm. and came back. Mm. I stayed on campus. I was in Bartlett Hall my first two years. And um, the, after that, my junior year and senior year, I, I got an apartment off campus. 
Um, but King was great. It was great. I wish they would have had all the new things that you guys have. <laughs> I see where my tuition went. Yeah. So um, that's cool. But uh, like a lot of, I see they made a lot of upgrades here, and I'm I'm happy. Um, you know, it's just to be affiliated with the university. So um, I'm originally from Trenton, New Jersey, and um, ooh, Central Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that South Jersey? Well, south I say South, Trenton but technically, people from Trenton say I mean, Central. Yeah, yeah, people say people call Trenton from the South. Um, a lot of people say I sound country, uh, even though it's Jersey, still South Jersey. So people say I sound country, but um, I, I was born and raised in Trenton, and um, I got a full academic scholarship to come to Kane. Wow! Um, so I graduated a year early from high school um, when I was 16. So I started here when I was 16 in the fall, and um, I graduated in 2006. So, you know, Trenton is one of those places that, you know, if you live there, there's not much to kind of see, there's not much going on. Um, so it's kind of hard to be motivated to go to college or to do certain things because it's just such a, you know, such a, a dull place at this point. Um, but I, I, I don't know where I got it from, but I just, um, I just knew I wanted to go to college. And, you know, my grandmother had told me that she didn't know how I was getting to college. So I told her not to worry about it, that I was going to get there. And that's why I started working when I was 14. But luckily, um, I was able to get that that um, that scholarship, that full academic scholarship to come here. So That's interesting. That means you made a decision at a really young age to come to college. That means you had yeah. your mindset. Grown yeah. women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. It's different. It's different when you when you have that type of lifestyle. Was um, it's a little frustrating because, like I said, I didn't get a chance to take advantage of the full college experience. Mm-hmm. You know, every time it's always something going on or events and stuff like that, and things you want to be a part of. And I just didn't get the opportunity to do a lot of stuff on campus that I wanted to do. So that's my only regret. But um, but I made it. I did something that I said I was going to do, and that was go to college and finish. And um, so I'm, I'm I'm blessed to say <coughs> I did that. Yeah. And, like, I just want to just, like, to put that out there to back up what you just said. Like, mm-hmm. you missed out, but did you really miss out? Right. Right. You know, in the long run, it's like you're preparing yourself so that you can enjoy your life at yeah. 50, right. 60, late right. 40s, you know, 30s. And that's something my mom always says you're either preparing or repairing. And you were preparing, right? Yeah. As yeah. other people are going to be repairing. That's true. Mm-hmm. There's there's people who have graduated um, from from college and, you know, they spent so much time partying and living it up on campus that they didn't prepare themselves for the real world. So once they gra- they graduate, sorry, graduated from college, it's like now they're trying to figure out what am I doing with my life. You know, they majored in something that was something they probably didn't really want to major in. Took classes just to take classes. I don't understand it because you know this is it's not free. Mm-hmm. You know, so you paying for this this life or this education that you get, and you might as well make the best out of it. Right. Mm. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe they'll listen to somebody who actually graduated from college a while yeah. ago and is doing their thing because um, I try to tell, you know, college students and upcoming college students mm-hmm. the same thing. Like, this is an investment, yeah. and you want to take it seriously no matter what path you, you go to. And they hear you. They just taking the party seriously. They hear you, but they're not listening. Yeah, they hear you, but they're not. Like, my thing is, it's like, especially to colored students, it's mm-hmm. like... You get to college. It's a but false sense of reality. Right. Especially if you come to Kane that's more diverse than a bunch of, like, I guess Penn State would yeah, be. Yeah, but what I'm it's trying to get at is 
black people feel like once they get to college that's the final thing yeah, yeah they made it but it's like yeah, yo you still or graduate high school right, right. you so know it's, it's crazy yeah we we set the bar we set the bar at a certain place it's kind of low compared to where you come from mm-hmm. from your history but mm-hmm. it's it's fairly low compared to what other cultures with the bar that they're setting right mm-hmm. so it's it's just a we, we always playing catch up constantly playing catch up yeah. so with that being said, you got to take this thing serious. You got to take them student loans are no joke. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, even though I got a full academic scholarship, scholarship does not pay for room and board, which I didn't know. I thought, you know, when you get a scholarship, that's it. Everything, Everything is yeah. done. But no, it doesn't pay for room and board. You still have to get that. Jeez. You still got to get a meal plan. Mm. So um, I, I do have loans, even though I got to just not for, you know, academic part, but I have loans from room and board and all that other stuff. Yeah. That's why I only stayed on campus for two years. I had yeah. to I had to move off campus by the third year and um, get my own apartment. It was cheaper. <laughs> yeah. But those student loans are, are serious and they hit you and they don't care if you've established your career or if you're ready to go. Regardless, you got to start making those payments. So guys got to stay focused. Yeah, for real. Now you you're an all around entrepreneur. Like you you you're on your own time, right? So <laughs> she's on her own time. What inspired you to become what you are now? Um, well, like I said, me coming from Trenton, it was um, it wasn't an easy thing. My grandmother raised me, so she had custody of me since I was two years old, and um, we lived in a senior citizen home because she lived in a senior citizen home. And when she got custody of me, um, they you know senior citizen homes don't usually allow kids mm-hmm. to live there. Right. Uh, so I was the only kid that lived in the building. And it was just like devastating because you you know you don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of old people all day long, and um, I never had my own room. You know I shared a room with her. We first we went we were in a studio apartment, very small, and then we went from there to a one bedroom where we shared the, the bedroom, two twin beds, and I did that up until college. Wow. And so I didn't get my own room until I bought my apartment. So I got my apartment once I moved off campus at 18. Um, so I spent that whole time, you know, kind of just feeling like this is not life. It can't be. And that just because I started this way, it wasn't my fault how I started because, you know, parents make their decisions, the decisions that they make. And you're just a, you know, a product of it. But I knew that I didn't want to finish that way. So I had to, you know, I said if I was going to start working at 14, which is early, I was going to finish early, too. Mm-hmm. And um, that was my goal, and that's been my consistent goal. So just just seeing other people around me struggling and and um, not having <coughs> the things that they they want and desire out of life, that was my motivation to try to change that for myself and change that for my kids. Yeah, I got a lot of respect for you because um, it's I know it's hard to stay focused on something um, because there's so much going on in your life. Mm. And for myself, uh, I remember when I graduated, one of my homeboys was like, you move from place to place out of all in your entire college career. So I never lived in one place during college Mm -hmm. and I moved everywhere. And he was like, the only thing I noticed is that you were still in school. And so I can understand where you're coming from as far as like needing to to complete that mission Mm -hmm. and and, and to... stay focused and stay on track you know so i have a lot of respect for you as far as that goes you know um now you own a hair salon yes. called sheer 
Sheer Bliss? Yes, Sheer, Sheer Bliss, Bliss Hair Lounge and Spa. In West Orange. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some details on that establishment? Yes. So Sheer Bliss, um, we've been open for three years now. It is my first business, my first official business. And um, it's at it's located at 457 Pleasant Valley Way in West Orange. So it services everybody, but it caters to women who suffer from cancer, lupus, alopecia, or some form of traumatic hair loss. When I was in college, like I think it was my sophomore year, I went to a guy in Union City and had him color my hair because I love color. So he lightened me too many times in that sitting. And then four months later, when I went to get a relaxer, all my hair fell out down to my new growth. So I didn't have any hair, you know, like it was like you couldn't braid it, it looked like a little fro on top of my head. And at that time I was devastated because, you know, when you don't know how something happened or why it happened and then you just kind of turn around and you have no hair, it's, it's like a devastating experience. So I, I was looking for a place that I could go to to get my hair done, to fix it, for somebody to tell me how this happened, what went wrong. And there really wasn't a salon at that time that was kind of catering to people who had hair loss. So I wanted to be in a private setting. I didn't want somebody to see me getting my hair done because I was embarrassed. And um, once I realized that there weren't too many salons that were doing this type of thing, I saw that there was a need for it. And I said, if I'm gonna open a salon, I'm gonna make it be of substance. It's not just gonna be another shop in mm-hmm. the hood or you know wherever. I wanted it to be something that was gonna help people to kind of get their confidence back and feel good about themselves. So it took me a while, um, eight years to be exact, um, from the time I started the process to the time I actually got it open. It took eight years. But ultimately, I got the salon open and, and now it's doing very well. It's thriving. And um, we, we see a lot of clients. We're able to help a lot of people. We um, do full service. All, all things are full. It's a full service salon, so we do all services. But um, we do specialty things like wig units, custom wig units for people who have an illness and their hair has fallen out. We have private rooms for them to get their hair done mm-hmm. in, the pri- in the privacy of you know a room to have that confidentiality with their stylist. We have a lot of products that's geared towards hair loss and hair restoration to help people kind of grow their hair back. I personally do um, hair and scalp analysis, so I'm a hair loss. I'm certified as a hair loss specialist. Um, I do hair and scalp analysis, which is like a microscopic camera that you put to a person's scalp to see on the inside to determine if the follicle is open or closed. So sometimes people lose their hair and it's thinning and they're not sure if it's you know possible to grow it back or not. So the, the analysis that I do allows me to see inside the scalp to see if their hair is going to grow back or not. And if not, then we go, you know, we have other options like the wig units. And I also even accept health insurance for people to pay for those wig units to offset the costs, you know, of, of the, the units themselves. Wow. That's incredible. That's actually beautiful. I've That's never awesome. heard anything like so that. So question, if the hair follicles are open or closed, does that depend on how you make the, uh, the custom wig, depending on, like, the conditions of, the, of their scalp? Um, no, the, can, it, the what determines the, the analysis or what I get from the analysis, that determines the type of treatment that they get. Mm-hmm. So if the follicle is open and their hair is going to, is room for the hair to grow back, then we just have to stimulate the scalp and you have to do certain treatments. So the analysis allowed me to see, like, for instance, if you may have buildup on your, on your scalp, 
you may have like thick buildup that you don't even know about because it's not it's not surface deep so you can't see it with the naked eye mm -hmm. but on the inside of the scalp like if you use certain products certain shampoos a lot of people use deep or I'm sorry cheap shampoos and conditioners and when you go to wash your hair out those they don't actually wash out. So it creates a buildup and it kind of clogs the follicle, keeping it from growing, keeping the hair from growing out of it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes somebody's issue is just simply that they don't have a healthy scalp for their hair to grow, like to grow the way it should. And in the, the, the treatment that I do, after we do the analysis, I do a treatment that kind of is like a facial for the scalp. So it exfoliates the scalp skin. It lifts all that buildup up out of the head, up out of the head, and now you're working with a clean palette where you can now start to kind of use the right products, do right, do the right treatments to get your hair to grow back again. That's wow. wow, that is. I didn't even know that all that stuff happened like under your hair. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. But you learn something new every day. I like that the private. I like the privacy part because I know for women, like even women who do have hair, when we take yeah. our sew-ins and our mm -hmm. braids out, we're already like, uh, yeah. and then to be able to, if I'm if I'm suffering from a condition, mm -hmm. I feel safe enough that I can go to the hairstylist and no one right. else is gonna be looking at me and I'm not gonna end up on Facebook or right. Instagram exactly. or something like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, I totally get that. That's how I felt. Um, I don't have, you know, my hair My hair loss was just from a, an experience, a treatment. So it grew back. Um, and I even still, to this day, I don't like people seeing me get my hair done out in the open. It's just a female thing because I feel like as a woman, I want you to see me after I've, you know, put myself together. I don't need you seeing the process of how this happened and how that happened. And then, you know, in salons, it's a lot of shop talk, mm -hmm. which is like gossip and drama and chaos. So I decided, you know, I want to open up a salon that is the total opposite of that. I hate those type of salons, those type of environments that you go in and it's just cattiness and everybody's fighting and bickering and it's just negativity. And then if somebody comes in with a, a hair loss issue where they have like a bald spot or it's like excessive thinning, you know, people are just gawking at them, looking, whispering and stuff like that. Or making That's, it worse. Yeah, the making it worse. The procedure they use to yeah. fix it. And it's not cool. You know, it's not something that a person should have to experience if they already going through something. You know, they're already going through something internally. So it shouldn't have to be where they go into a salon where they're supposed to get help that you experience more trauma mm. from your experience wow that's amazing um but you wear more hats though don't you tell me about your book uh well my i have a book out it's called pray for rain a guide to building your business with little to no money and the reason why i wrote the book is because i like i said it took me eight years to get the salon open and it was a really um stressful time during my life because i was i kept pushing i kept pushing but things were so difficult i didn't have good credit i don't come from a financial background like i said i was raised by my grandmother i've been working just to you know get to college and to do the things i needed to do so when i got to the point where I wanted to open a business I didn't have any cushion anything to like fall back on or anybody giving me like an inheritance or anything like that so um, when I did the research about you know this type of salon that I wanted to open I, I realized it took a lot of money it was going to take a lot of money to get the private rooms built out to get the hair and scalp analysis machine that I use to take the training classes to be certified as a hair loss specialist to buy hair to get wigs all of these things cost lots of money I mean mm -hmm. any female that gets like weave and sewings know that hair alone is like <laughs> hundreds of, of yeah. dollars. So just imagine having several custom wig units 
on display or needing to have that or needing to have that inventory, it costs money. You know, so I didn't have the money. I didn't have um, a lot of support from people, family and friends that were, you know, that knew what I was doing. I, I So I ended up doing like crowdfunding campaigns to raise the money. Um, Can you elaborate more on that, the crowdfunding? Yes. Campaigns? Please. So crowdfunding is basically, you know, it's an online platform where you can go and you can pitch your idea or your business to the world. Depending on the, the website that you use, there's a bunch of different crowdfunding campaigns and some of them give you the money all to like whatever is donated, you get all of that money. Some other places they give you um you have a goal. So let's say you say, I want to make $1,000 through this crowdfunding campaign. If you only hit 900 then you lose all of it. The, they give all that money back to the people instead of giving it to you. So some of them are, are like all or nothing. You reach all of the, the money or you don't. Some of them will just give you whatever you reach. And some of them are like loans. So you get, it, you get the money, but then after a while, you have to start repaying that money back. So I started the crowdfunding in the time where crowdfunding had just came out. It was pretty new to the world. Um, my first crowdfunding campaign was on Indiegogo.com. And because um, some crowdfunding campaigns are geared towards specific, um, specific I'm sorry, specific like um, careers. Okay. Like Kickstarter mm-hmm. only can, you can only be a certain uh, artist or a singer or something on Kickstarter. But with Indiegogo, you could be, it didn't matter what business you had. So I started on Indiegogo and I raised like $2,000 the first time, and my goal was ninety. My goal was ninety thousand, but um, and and what's great about crowdfunding is that whatever you pitch, whatever you say, you it's like your platform. You can tell people as much about what you do and wh- what you want to do as you possibly can to get them to to donate, and then they don't have to be tied down to a specific dollar amount. Okay. They can donate anything from a dollar and up. So if your friends that just your girlfriends, they don't really have it like that, but they want to support you because you're their friend and they believe in what you're doing, they could donate $5, you know, $10 just to show support. And then you can share these, you can share the campaigns and to spread the word, send it to people through emails. So that's what I was doing. I was grinding. I was sending it out. I was trying to reach different places. Um, I, like I said, I raised like 2000 from Indiegogo. And then from there, I did a second crowdfunding campaign on Kiva.com. Now, Kiva is is more so you got to raise the whole thing. And they only let you go up to $5,000. So my goal was to raise $5,000. And then um, once I raised it, I had to pay it back. It was one of those websites where you don't get to keep the money. You have to start paying it back, like, after, I think it was, like, a year. Maybe, no, not a year, six months. So do you pay it back to the website, or do you pay it back to the people that gave it to you? Pay it back directly to the website, and they give it back to the people as they they go. So, um, So is it, like, an investment thing? Yeah, Yeah, it's like an investment. So, say, if I gave $5, I'm only getting $5 back, right? Right. But it, it's yep. it's also good because um, I mean at first I'm like oh you have to give it back but then it's also good because it's like I believe in you yeah. and I can give you this for now yeah. but eventually I'm gonna need it back right. and it guarantees sure. you get it back. Mm-hmm. Is there interest mm-hmm. on that? Nope, no interest. That's not bad. No interest. But the thing with Kiva is that you have to be sponsored or I'm sorry that's endorsed by someone. Okay. You, you don't you can't just go. Whereas I went on Indiegogo and I just you know opened my Randomly. my yeah. You, and with Kiva you had to be recommended or endorsed by another. company like a company or a tru- oh, okay. they're called trustees 
So I was part of an organization called Rising Tide Capital. They're located in Jersey City. It's a small business. Um, it's a nonprofit organization. I think they're nonprofit, but it's an organization that helps small businesses. So they give you a bunch of resources that you can take. Their, they have a 12-week course that you take, and at the end of it, you graduate, and um, now you have connections with all the other people who <coughs> were in the program and then all of their resources. So they endorsed me to do Kiva and I raised the $5,000 and you know I was able to get that money and that went towards my my um, the ultimate you know money that I had to open but um, I talk all about this in my book and pray mm -hmm. for rain and like I said I wrote the book because I went through so many things getting this business open and the eight years that it took was really like a serious learning lesson for me that wait period taught me how to persevere taught me resilience it taught me how to be an out-of-the-box thinker. Since I didn't have the things readily available, I had to figure out you know, strategic ways to get the money, to get my business open, to how am I gonna find my staff. Um, so, it, and it taught me a lot about faith, a lot about God and believing that what he says for me is for me. And that just because I don't get it today doesn't mean he said no he's he's already determined and decided that my life it will go a certain way that this is my destiny i just have to wait and be mm -hmm. faithful you know have mm -hmm. faith of a mustard seed so the the book is for other people pray for is for other people other entrepreneurs out there who want to open a business who have a goal who want to do something with themselves and maybe you're discouraged maybe you come from you know you come from uh a, a poverty background or you don't have the resources, you don't have the support, the book is in, is geared to motivate and inspire people to do it anyway and to show them how you can do it and that it can be done. doesn't matter where you are or who you come from. Wow. wow. So you, you also, wow, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just blown away sometimes because like I'm loving everything that you're mm -hmm. talking when about When I read today. your bio, I'm like, how does she find time to do all of this? Yeah. But there's time because yeah. everyone got the same 24. So, That's right. so you would say that your relationship with God played a pivotal role in not just your business aspect, but your entire life Absolutely. as a whole. Absolutely. How did you develop that relationship, though? Um, well, when I was younger, my grandmother used to make me go to the church and stuff. You know, so I've always known about God and had some sense of understanding of God and what I should be doing in life. I mean, as far as when it comes to religion and how I should be handling, conducting myself as a woman. But um, it was all the obstacles that I've gone through when I look back on this. It's like, you know, God is 100 for 100. Every single time I was in a bad spot or didn't really know how I was going to make it out, I made it out. Just me going to King, like just yeah. just the fact that I was able to get a full scholarship to go to King was just crazy to me. The fact that I was able to graduate a year early from high school and that kind of that that's what triggered the admissions lady from King to come and even meet me because she had found out from my guidance counselor that I was, you know, a student that was graduating at 16 from from college. Mm -hmm. And she came to meet her name is Charlotte Diakase. I think she retired from here. Or she goes she moved and went to another school to work. But, you know, just the experiences that I went through before I even decided to open my business shows me that I'm you know, one of God's favorites that you know my life was designed a certain way 
um, you know, because I didn't have parents and I didn't grow up with a mother and father and stuff like that, and it was a real struggle, it just taught me resilience from the get-go. And I believe God was molding me or just trying to teach me, show me things that I was going to need for this, for now. <coughs> you know, so I'm a true fighter. I'm a true warrior. Like, it's nothing that you can tell me. Um, about what I want to do. If I decided I want to do it, I know God got me, mm -hmm. and I'm going to be good, and nobody can, you know, block my blessing. What he has for me is for me. So um, that's a, it's a major thing. You got to be close. You got to know who you are, and you got to believe in yourself, and you got to have so much faith because life will throw you all types of curveballs. Mm -hmm. You'll think that you are on the right track, and you'll think that, you know, um, things are going to be easy or whatever the case may be, but you never know what happens. You know, people will attack you early on. And and the, the severity of Satan's attack is a direct correlation with your destiny, mm -hmm. the greatness of your mm -hmm. destiny. So the stronger, the greater destiny that you have for yourself, the bigger the blessing that God is going to bless you. That's, that's the stronger that the devil's going to attack you mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he only attacks something good. Right. You know, he's yeah. not, if you didn't have nothing going for yourself, he would leave you alone. I mean, what's the point? You know, so, but, but the, the reason why sometimes your attacks are so severe is because the blessing that you're going to get is just so severe. So that's why I keep going no matter what, because I know that I'm blessed and I know that, you know, something great coming for me. And sure enough, like it continues to happen. I continue to go through things and I continue to, you know, God continues to work it out. Even with me opening my business and once I got open that first year, I didn't have, like I said, I was working from a, a deficit. I didn't have all the money to open my salon, but I opened it just off the of a whim. I said, you know, I'm tired of waiting. It's been eight years. I'm going to open it. And I did. And I don't do, you know, the every day-to-day -day services. I'm more business and I do the hair loss part. So I needed stylists to do the everyday services because I was still working my full-time job yeah. when I opened my business. I did I couldn't afford to quit my job because I didn't have the money yet to to even keep the business going. So I was working all day, and then I would leave from work and go straight to the salon and be there for you know hours. And then I was working on the weekends, like seven days a week. I was pretty much working. Well, that goes uh, back to the um <laughs> the uh, the discussion we always have with people is like, oh, you don't have to quit your day job when you know to become you know an entrepreneur right. you can legitimately you use that job to fund your dream mm -hmm. pretty much you know and i think some people my thing is is like if you the way the way you use the job you have that's on you so if you working to fund your dreams mm -hmm. then that's that then, then that's that's how it is but if you're working and you feel like you're wasting your time at your job because you feel like it's it's hurting your dreams, and it's probably because you don't, you, you're not using what you have right now of the income that you're getting to support your dream. Are you not right. able to? That's right. A lot of times, uh, people aren't able to, like, because certain jobs you give them so much of yourself, you you won't have the time nor energy to even put towards your dream. Like, you you can be working forty hours or fifty hours a week sometimes, and you're like. I'm gonna do this. I'll start tomorrow. But you're tired. It's, you have a legitimate excuse, not to mention people that got kids. But I mean, it, it's also based on the individual. Mm -hmm. um, I like to say on when you're ready to fire your boss. That's how I like to say mm -hmm. it. Ooh, because I like that. My mom says, my mom, today, "It's my mom. It's my mom." But what I'm saying is like, I I've watched my mom do it, mm -hmm. and she was working those 40, 50 hours overtime mm -hmm. and everything. But she didn't sleep. She stayed up. 
and took that time to but everyone is different some people might have health problems Mm -hmm. where they need to get their rest or they're not going to function at all you know so it's up to everyone and it's up to god and their destiny i mean I, i listen i listen to motivational audios in the morning and it's just like it's like that fire you need in the morning like it sounds corny but like some people really need that and they talk about like They'll say like, okay, I understand a lot of y'all got jobs, a lot of y'all got kids and family and all that, but guess what? So does everybody else. Yeah, that's right. You feel me? It's like you are yeah. no different than yeah, everyone yeah. else who wants to be a millionaire, a business person, and et cetera, et cetera. If you make an excuse, you're just another person that made an excuse. That's right. You know, and that that's not to be harsh, but that's just reality, mm-hmm. you know? And I I'm trying to get to that point where I don't want to make excuses. I'd rather just make that mistake and learn from it and then move forward. Right, you know, yeah. like and, and, I, and I feel like when you have God on your side, you're not scared to take that leap of faith because a lot of people like playing it safe. And that's why right. they won't quit their job. He's like, you know what? I'm secure here. Yeah. And, and they're comfortable, which is fine. You know, some people, they understand, you know, maybe I'm not built to be a, a business person. But mm-hmm. those who dream of it, but they're too scared to take that leap of faith. I feel like part of that comes in with you don't have enough God in you to take that leap faith. of faith, you know? Let me let me tell you guys something. I listen to a lot of motivational speakers and I listen to a lot of sermons. Like that's what I pretty much do, um, you know, when I'm at when because I still work. I still have a day job to this mm-hmm. day. I still work the same job. I haven't quit yet, but it's coming like this year. <laughs> but um, but I listen to a lot of sermons and inspirational speakers when I'm at work to kind of keep my mind going, yeah. to keep me focused on what it is that I, my ultimate goal is. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my favorites is Eric Thomas Ooh, that I've been I listening to for a long him. time. Oh. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that he said that he says that I remember when he first, when, you know, when he first kind of hit big, and I was I was listening to him. He we would say, you know, when you want to breathe is bad knew, when it. you want to succeed as bad as you, you want to breathe, breathe then you'll be successful yeah. i feel like i'm out of the loop right now Everybody what listen. you never I, heard I know that yeah so all right so you this, gotta get with him there's a story his voice is so powerful yeah he's too. powerful just the voice alone gets you like this, so there's a story he was like it was, like, it was a man who talked to a guy said i want to i want to make money he said you want to make money be here at five in the morning so he said yo I said I want to make money. I said I didn't want to go swimming or something. Like, he was All at right. the beach. He, yeah, he brought him to the water, mm-hmm. put him under the water, kept him down, and he brought him back up. He was like, you want to make money? He said, yeah. Put him back under the water, brought him back up. He said, you want to make money? He said, yeah. When you want to be, he said, what did he say? He said, when you want to be, a, when you want to succeed as much as you want to breathe, that's when you're going to make money. Because he asked him when he came up from the water, he said, what, what, what was the one thing that you, you wanted while you was down there? Yeah, he said. Like, what was the thing that you wanted? And he said, to breathe. Yeah. He said, when you want that as bad as you want to <laughs> succeed, then you'll be successful. Different. Bruh. You know? And that's that's the honest to God truth. Sometimes, like, no, it's no excuse for it. When you... When you want something in in your life, you want to own a business or you had a goal or whatever, you want to go back to school or you want to do this, that, whatever it may be, it's always going to be an obstacle. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be a time where it's just going to be an open perfect. path, a perfect time, right? You're going to have to work. You may have kids. You may have family members you got to take care of. It doesn't matter. Like, let me tell you, I had custody of my sister 
when I got custody of my sister when I was 14. I'm sorry, when I was 24, she was 14. This was before I opened the salon. Mm -hmm. And I had just had my son a week later after I got custody of her. So, you know, now I'm responsible for taking care of a a girl, you know, that's not my child. And she's a teenager, which everybody knows what you guys were like when you were teenagers, right? So um, it's always something. It's always going to be something. If I had sat there and allowed the fact that I now had this extra responsibility that I didn't know was coming or didn't ask for, I would, you know, if I let that kind of keep my mind focused, then I would never have opened my business. You have to um, be diligent in what you want to do. You have to be willing to lose sleep. Um, You have to be willing to lose friends. You got to be willing to give up partying, drinking, smoking, you know, whatever it is that's your that's your thing, that's your muse that you do. Those habits. Yeah, those bad habits. You got to be willing to give up that stuff. And if you're willing to put in eight hours for somebody else's dream and go work out a job because they pay you basically to forget about your dreams. They pay you to be complacent and decide that, oh, I'm going to just work for you and I'm going to do this for you. And meanwhile, they on their yachts and, and they boats and they so chilling, you know, but. right. They they not worried about nothing, but you sitting there grinding and struggling for somebody else's dream. When you when you get home, when you get tired of that, when, you, when that like starts to fester inside you yeah. and it starts to eat you alive. Then you will decide I'm a I'm not sleeping tonight. Yeah. Until I put my business plan together. Yeah. Or until I get this marketing together. Another thing he mentioned, go back to the college mm-hmm. thing. He was like, y'all in college, y'all partying. That's just, he's like, I I, feel, I don't feel bad for y'all because you guys you guys are away from school, but y'all parents is working two jobs to put y'all in school, but y'all only partying. And every time I hear that, I'm like, yo, like. If, if you if that's not getting to some people's head like you leave school you go to, like you're in school I know you're in school for a reason like you're in school because you're trying to be successful you're trying to be successful and you're not trying to be in a position that your parents are in mm-hmm. so for you to be there and to just be wasting your time on certain things and that's what he was getting at it's like he's like why should I feel bad for you if you if you fail like why should I feel bad for you when you had all of these opportunities to be successful? And you have your parents at home busting their behind to keep you in school. And that's not fair to them. So part of being successful is understanding where you're coming from, too. Like, yeah, like a lot of us come from very rough backgrounds, very rough homes. So if it's just that degree you want, if it's that high position in a certain job, whatever you want, you got to understand you literally need to sacrifice everything, everything. And some people don't understand that. And people look at you like you got five heads, but I, I might as well have five heads then. Or they understand it, but it's either they don't care enough, they don't believe in themselves enough, or they just don't have the discipline yeah. or the, the mental toughness. That's yeah. it, you know? Because, like, if you if you ask everybody, get a group of people, how many of y'all want to be successful and wealthy? Everybody Everyone raise, raise their hand. hand. Mm-hmm. How many I want to? How many, how, how many people are? Like, even if you sleep. ask them, are you willing to put your work into it? Though most people will still raise their yeah. hand. But it's when it gets down to nitty gritty, yeah, the ugly times. The ugly stuff. Can you withstand it with your mental toughness? Yeah. Do you still right. have to train your brain? Do you still have to read some books, listen to some motivational mm-hmm. quotes, and are you just willing to put in the work? That's I, it. When I was but. younger, they had this saying. They used to say every time for like basketball. But as I got older, I took it and I put it towards everything. I was like, yo. Everything is 80% mental and then 20% physical. Whenever you play sports, your coach always say that to you. I don't care what, what sports you're playing, whether it's basketball, football, they're going to tell you 
whatever you do is 80% mental and 20% physical. Yeah. And I and I realized that, like, because you really got to, it's not just telling yourself to do it, it's making sure you do, you do it, it yeah. making sure you stick with it. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets hard, it's like, ah, dang. Is it worth it? But you yeah. gotta remember, you gotta you gotta push yourself to keep going. Cause if you stop, like somebody done pass. Once you stop, somebody you done stop really pass. When you. this tells yeah. you to stop, or you Word. let this tell you to stop, that's why you have yeah. to really protect your mind. It's yeah. so important to pr- the things that you put in your mind, the things that you allow yourself to listen to most mm. of your days, the things that you you know, the, the things that you talk about with your friends and all of that stuff. All that stuff makes a difference because. Is it, once it's inside your mind, once it's <coughs> embedded in there, then it either becomes a, a detriment to you or becomes something positive that's going to help you. I agree. And so mm-hmm. you, you got to be able to protect your mind. The devil or the enemy will make you feel like, you know, it's not it's never going to happen because they kind of it kind of. You know, you get kind of bombarded with all these issues in life. Yeah. You know, all, all these, these false issues. Truths, that's what I call them. Right. They exactly. They definitely false truths. They definitely are. And it's like you get bombarded with all of this, and it makes you get to a point where you can't even think. You know, you can't even think about your business. That's the whole goal yeah. to keep you distracted all the time, always worrying, always stressed, always depressed, always feeling down. And one thing that I always say is how you feel is directly connected to how you're going to perform. Mm. So if you don't feel good today, if you wake up and, you know, you got all these student loans or you got all these bills and stuff like that that you got to take care of, you're not thinking about no business. You're thinking about today, how I'm going to eat today, how I'm going to get, you know, yeah, how I'm going to do that. And that's the, that's the distraction. Yeah. It's meant to be a distraction. But, you know, if you you have to learn how to perform whether you feel like it or not. Right. Whether you feel mm-hmm. like getting up today or not, you got to get up. Whether you feel like working on your business or not, you're going to do it. And once you stop allowing your mind to control how you perform, then you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can really go far because people, everybody acts off of emotion. If you how you feel is how you do everything. But start when you start performing based on that 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 whole goal that you know that you need this or you know you got to get to this certain spot and it don't matter how you feel, then you're gonna go a lot farther. Yeah, I I, I agree because in that from what you're saying, it's like a lot of us we we we've been we they've instilled the worker's mindset. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. to be a boss, you literally need to think like a boss. One 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 approach <coughs> is the waking up early thing. If if you work, let's say you work, your job asks you to come in at eight. What time do you think the CEO wakes up? You feel me? At least when he was starting his, when he was getting started, right, he wasn't about up. To say, at, cause about to say, a CEO, he not he's up. probably waking up at twelve. Yeah, yeah. but before, but before even he Donald- wasn't up at eight. He was up at five four maybe three even donald trump's crazy but i read his book he wakes up at five every morning yeah and that's the thing it's like you have to the early bird catches the worm like i think people it goes over people's head bro like literally if you wake up at five let's just say you wake up at five right you do your normal morning routines you haven't started your day yet then you get a few things done You'll be done with your day by about 4 or 5 p.m. That's about a full day's work, uh, worth of work. And that's just waking up early. You've done everything that you needed to do. But if you wake up late, let's say 12, 1 p.m., right? Let's just say this is your day off, that's right? Half day. That's half the day gone already. Mm-hmm. Everybody, like, people only lunch break. You haven't even eaten breakfast yet. 
and breakfast is the most important meal of the day. People think what I'm saying is corny. Every these little things count. It matters. And until you start picking those habits up to change them, you will not see any difference in your life, in, in any progress in your life until you start making those like I'm telling you, it's hard. I know it's hard. I've been I've been trying to wake up early since August. I've been trying to wake up at four in the morning and I'm just getting there since August. It's not easy. But when I tell you, when you wake up, you got you get this feeling like I'm the only one up right now. That means you can do anything you want. So put that into any perspective. That means if you up at early in the morning, that means you're the only person. Now that means when you get to the point you want to be, you, you'll be the only person that can do anything you want. Yep. That's all success is. A few discipline, disciplines practiced daily. That's yes, it. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. Just got to be willing. You just got to be willing to put in the work and to make those adjustments. But um, I talk about this in my book. Um, I talk about the things that you got to give up and change and um, the friends that you got to give up. I talk about support, you know, or lack thereof mm -hmm. and what to do when you don't have that support from the people that <coughs> really love you. <laughs> Um, and I talk about, you know, just kind of how you can keep going. And I give actual resources, like actual wow. resources of how I did it. Um, because even once I got started with the salon, I still was working in the rear. So I didn't have the money to market the way I wanted to and to, like, you know, do all of these things that I wanted to do for my business. So I found, you know, nonconventional ways to do them. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of websites that are free, that are free to business owners, a lot of organizations that help business owners to do and get resources and stuff like that. So I put all that information in a book because I believe that, you know, when you're blessed, you're meant and doors are open for you. You're meant to bring other people in behind you. You know, the Absolutely. blessing is not just for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. The blessing is God's overall scheme of his plan, his, his, his purpose. So, you know, I figured because a lot of people didn't give me information when I was out looking for it. A lot of salon owners didn't want to talk to me because they saw me as competition. Wow. So now that I'm in a position to be able to help other people and give as much information as I can, I'm willing to do that because I understand the overall scheme of things. I want my people to succeed. I want my girls, you know, the ladies out there to be bosses and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Absolutely. So, you know, you don't win without war, but I'm willing to help you with your armor. Mm. And that's what my book, Pray for Rain, is about. Wow. That's. I like that. Girl, can we give her a clap? Because yeah, she's that, a that, like that's that's cool. Cool. Like, this is, this, like, listen. Yeah, I missed the first one. I was going to get it. I was waiting for that second one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm. I'm nah, you got genius speeches. That don't happen a lot. <laughs> like, that don't happen a lot. This, this is like, Thank you, and I'm under the weather today. I don't feel good. So, you know, I'm congested. You can probably hear it in my voice. I couldn't tell. Is it allergies? <laughs> or you just Sinus. got a cool sinuses? Sinus issues, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm going through it right now. I feel it. It's the weather. It. Wow, man. But uh, what was about to say? Speaking of war. Yeah, speaking. <laughs> Stop it, Kimmy. <laughs> Kimmy is hilarious, no? But no, all right. So the crab in the barrel concept. Mm -hmm. um, that a lot of us people of color have this issue. Yeah. Is like 
I know I got here. Um, you figure out how you gonna get here. Yeah. Uh, my friend, who's a who's a financial expert, uh, she said when she was going around to other like bankers and stuff and other financial people asking them, you know, how did you get there? They said, figure it out. Yeah. But it's like, why do I have to figure it out if you, as my sister and brother, you can help literally me sister li- or brother sometimes. Exactly. Yep. Blood. Why can't you just tell me so I don't have to go through um, as much of a hassle as you? You know, that's the whole point. Like, I feel like we go through this so our next generation doesn't have to. Actually, I feel like I have a, I have a different view on that. I used to think like somebody should be telling me the answer. Or, like, if I, if I not need, the answers. Yeah, but, but to be honest, you in a, no matter in a, what you're trying to do, if me and you were doing the same thing, if we wanted the same goal. We couldn't do it the same way. I, I disagree. I, I think in abundance and like you said, what's for me is for me. So I never feel like even if me and you are doing the same thing that me telling you where I got this or like because I, I sell yeah, hair. Like. So <laughs> when I tell people you got to find good vendors, I might not tell you my vendor, but I'll mm-hmm. tell you who to avoid. So you don't right. waste your money like I did, mm-hmm. you know, but I believe what's for me is for me and I believe in abundance. So I don't think that. If you're doing the same thing as me or something similar, that God's gonna take away what's no, for me. I don't think or he's gonna, gonna take, take away, it away from me. I don't think he's gonna take anything That's away. What I'm think. saying is, we have two different paths. Even if you say we like you like you like the example you gave, you gave. Even if we were both doing hair and I was to ask you, who who are you getting your hair from? Even if I went to that same person, there's no guarantee that the relationship the, uh, that the relationship have. you have with him. It's the same one I'm gonna have. Definitely. Right. So like, yeah, even yeah. though that might be a major benefit for you, it might not be as major as a benefit it was for you yeah. as it is for me. So I'm saying it can help. It might be. A, it might get me somewhere that I wasn't before, but at the same time, I still gotta find my own way of achieving mm-hmm. my goal. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. So I, I understand. Yeah, yeah, that. Okay. That's, that's okay. All, I get what you're saying. That's all I, I'm saying. Absolutely. I think that this what I mean, I think that that's like a given though. Like you mm-hmm. you definitely got to find your own path and no matter um like you said if we have the same we get the same information how you take the information, how you process it and what you do with it is going to be different from how from how I take it and how I process it. But at the end of the day, it's like it, it seems to be only our culture <coughs> who has this mindset yeah. that if I give you it because you eat and I can't eat or if I eat, I can't let you know how I'm eating because then I can't, you know, get the same things. It's, right. it's ridiculous because there's so much money out here. Yes. There's so much money yeah. out here for everybody. <laughs> we can all eat and eat well. There's no need to withhold um, certain information or just have that mentality that you can't share something or you can't support the next person because other cultures do it all the time, all the right? Time. You know, like all, the, you know, other cultures come here too. from other countries and they start a business, they bring, they build it up and then they send for their other family members and they family members come here and then they all live together. They teach them the ropes. They help them to save money so that they can now open their business and, and then the they turn, you see a bunch of 7-Elevens around here you and a bunch crazy of- about that though? That's actually a, a institutionalized European concept. Cause before, before it was white people, that was white people thing. They, they, this, they had the, they had the nobles at the top they had the the, uh, the regular people, the commoners at the bottom. Commoners couldn't even go to school. That's why those. That's why they left, came here for freedom, and then they got black people. And said, okay, well at least we're better than them, mm-hmm. so we're gonna treat them how they treated us. Uh, and I, then that came. That's why slavery, and that's 
Bro, uh, I'm telling you. I, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm think. I'm telling you. Oh, it's institutionalized. Right. I can prove but it. I also think the we problem is with us as a people, brown people, mm-hmm. we're very proud no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. even after slavery, we, like, the fact that slavery couldn't break us down, I mean, right. it broke us down, but it couldn't kill us yeah. as mm-hmm. a people. That that in itself is something to be proud about. We like the jewelry. We like the glitz, the glam, the best of the best. And that's no problem. Mm-hmm. But the difference between our Asians and Chinese people and Indians, like, and the Hispanics, they don't mind, oh, um, my baby brother, he owns a store. He brought me here. Yeah. Even though he's 10 years older than me, I'm 60 years old, and he's 40 or 50 years old, mm-hmm. I don't mind working for him that minimum wage till we save enough for me right. to... Black yeah. people won't do that. Well, uh, uh, Who are you right. for me to work for you or work for free Pride. or intern for you? Like, that's, I, mean, I feel they, like that's feel part like of they the do. issue. They do feel like that, but they take that sacrifice because in their minds, if I do all this work, my daughter or my son won't have to. Right. That's how, that's they, that's exactly. how they see it. Yeah. They, they can be dreading it. They, they, they hate it. But in their mind, they say, okay, I do this. You won't have to. Exactly. That's the whole yeah. point. And, black that's, people, that's, and, that's, that's, and that's what Kimmy's trying to say. Like, they, they understand. But come on, bro. But they'll do that yeah. for someone else that doesn't You're look here, like them. Yo. Your mom you know? has been going through it. My mom went through it. You can't say, we can't say that we don't, we, everybody's not the same. But I feel like when people look at black people, we put more of an emphasis on how we're dis, disconnected and that disconnection we have is not something that comes from us, but something that's been institutionalized. It is, it is. It, it that is true. Because all the honest, Asians, white people, Spanish people, they, they do the same stuff we do. They're exactly the same. They have their successful people and they have their ones who fail. But nobody talks about them the way they talk about us. That is that is true. And even the reason why we're not together was planned. Like, exactly. Right. I get it. Yeah. But the fact that we know this information, like the and four continue. of us sitting here, yeah, and, we still, and, and still some a, of us still yeah. continue, nah, is a problem. And then the ones that do, we, we need to like spread that information. But can you say that? Because I, I, I'm, I'm in college for English, right? And mm-hmm. to be honest, people think English is meant for reading or writing. It's, it's not. deeper than that. It's, it's, English is about persuading and making you think how I want you to think. Right. That's what English is about. When we write something, when we have our rhetoric, yeah. we're trying to, to persuade you to see things how we want you to From see it. Right. And the first thing they teach you is the moment you are born, you have a screen in front of your face. You you don't you you can't master rhetoric until you realize you have a screen, and that screen that you have in front of your face can be more about how you see things or how the people around you see things. Okay. So if I can get you as a, as, as a child, and you, don't even, you wouldn't even realize it until it's too late. Because if you, if, you, if you go to school, you went to school and you did your homework, you'd be the perfect employee. But Saad, I don't get where you're going with this. What I'm saying what is I'm it's, it's, it's not, people say, you said earlier, black people, like, oh, black people, it's about But our, the uh, proof is in the pudding, bro. No, it's not. But that's what I'm saying. You, we can't, we, it, it exists because it's a cycle because well, we as black people don't realize we had that screen. Right. I, oh, okay, and, okay. And, so we're saying the same thing. We are. Yeah, okay. just, I'm just saying. I'm enjoying because it's, it's good to get another perspective. But um, I think you are saying the same thing. Basically, and I think we're all saying it. I think mm-hmm. we all know that it's not our fault mm-hmm. that we feel this way, that we have these stigmas and we don't support each other and, and this whole crabs in a barrel mentality. It didn't come from us. It was mm-hmm. put in us. But at this point in 2018, 
and with all the resources and, and stuff that we have, information that's available to us, we could really change things and turn things around Absolutely. for ourselves. And a lot of us don't do that. A lot of us don't support, continue to not support each other and continue to, you'll spend money on a celebrity or somebody that you don't know before you'll buy your your people's who you've known all your life before you buy their clothing line. And it's just as dope. It's just as cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like I recently saw... Um, the, the 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 girl's hat that I'm wearing right now, her name is um, Milano. She's from Philly. Oh, and you know her? Yeah, I, I did a girl boss. Yes. Wow. I went to a girl boss sleepover that she had like months She's of lit, months yo. back. She is. But did you see recently where somebody found an H and M manufactured tag in one of her shirts? And they Get went out. in on her on on Facebook and Instagram and just tried to tarnish her whole brand and say that what? she was, um, you know, she should take the tags out of her shirts or that how is she selling the <coughs> shirts for forty dollars when no. she got H and M manufacturing? Everybody wearing her clothes, bro. But see, the thing is that people don't understand business. You don't understand that somebody got to get it. From if it's somewhere. not, if it's yeah. not, it, it could be Haynes or you know whoever. It's other. It's, it's a million different manufacturing companies. Why? Are you upset? And 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 all of these companies upcharge their I, shirts. I'm about to yeah. say, first of all, that's that's, or that's a clothing business type thing. Right. Everybody does that. Even stores like, first of all, Marshall do that. And you <laughs> you go to Marshall to buy that shirt too. Like right. That's, a, that's <laughs> the same thing, thing that makes me so angry. It's like, I feel like other races won't bash each other publicly. Right. Like when they talk about Bill Cosby in class, I'm quiet. <laughs> Whether he's right or wrong, we don't know. But behind closed doors, I might say what I need to say. Right. But that's behind closed doors and not on the internet. Family business. If she was really coming from a place of love, <laughs> yeah. right. she could have texted her, called her, yeah. and said, girl, what's going on? And then maybe she could have now educated her on, you do mm. understand in business, I got to get the shirts from somewhere. Right. Right. But it just it baffles me and disturbs me so much yeah. that we don't that's because we don't see each other as a family we don't. that's right. family business like when you leave the house your mom or your grandma or your aunt always says don't that's family business yeah. we don't talk about that out there yeah. when we come home we'll discuss it absolutely you know but we we, we lack that yeah. Yeah. well you know? it's crazy Denise it's um, been a great show. It has been Honestly. an amazing <laughs> I show. That. I love when you have a great show. You get that feeling in your chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You got to say it. Round of applause. I almost missed the clap again. What you doing? I'm sorry. Sad. <laughs> but, um, do you have any information you want to give out uh, for um, our listeners? Yeah, I want to give you access to how you can get my book. Um, well, first of all, this is what I want to say that's super, super dope is that um, I have a book signing here at Keene University, what? Barnes & Noble's on uh what's the day it got changed it is next thursday the 5th yes king book signing at seven o'clock p.m that's thursday next thursday the 5th april 5th at king barnes and noble bookstore (coughs) at 7 p.m you can come there to meet me i will be doing a book signing for pray for rain a guide to building your business with little to no money and then immediately following that book signing the book will be at king uh, at Barnes and Noble bookstore for purchase. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have a flyer so we could like help? Yeah, they, a, at least like on Instagram we could post yeah, it. Yeah, it. they alumni was supposed to do the the okay. flyer. I believe they did. If you go to Keen Alumni website, it okay. should be up there. I know it's like they had that little thing. It flashes mm-hmm. like okay. the little yeah. updates. So it should be there. If not, I'll get it and then I'll email it to you. Awesome. But other than that, you can go to my website and get the book, which is TaniceChavers.com. So that's T-A-N-E-I-C-E. Chaver, C-H-A-V-E-R-S dot com. 
um, or you can get it off Amazon. Or if you are in the Nork area, you can go to Source of Knowledge Bookstore, which is downtown Nork, and get the book. It is a really good read. It's a quick read. I didn't make it too long because I know some people have... Um, yes, <laughs> attention deficit disorders, <laughs> but um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's chock full of knowledge. It has a lot of information in there, and I want to hear from anybody who gets it. I want you to leave me a review. Go back to the website after you're done and just, you know, give me a review and let me know what you thought about it. But um, it's also available at my salon, which is at Share Bliss Hair Lounge and Spa, 457 Pleasant Valley Way. You can get the book there, too. And um, anybody who is in need of hair care services or wig units or anything like that, you can also come to the salon or you can go to the website, which is SheerBlissHairAndSpa.com. Awesome. You guys, don't forget to follow Nabra Productions on our Instagram page. That's N-A-B-R-U-H Productions on Instagram and N-A-B-R-U-H-P-R-O-D on Twitter. And you can follow me at guru.godmade, that's G-U-R-U dot G-O-D-M-A-D-E. And also, everybody, I have a hair and fashion show coming up on April 22nd. Hey. It is called Every Day is My One Way. <laughs> Tickets are $25. If you guys are interested in attending this show, which would be great, because you know, t- you can hit me up. I am selling tickets, so let me know. That's guru.godmade, G-U-R-U dot G-O-D-M-A-D-E. You can hit me in my DMs. You know, tickets are $25. <laughs> That's April 22nd. It's a Sunday, by the way. So, like, y'all probably won't be busy. 3 to 7. I will be posting on the gram. Y'all will see me. Well, you can follow me, Olua Kemi on Instagram at Care. Yes, I changed my handle, y'all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if that was the hair page or your it's personal page. Or her hair burner account. Or Kem's Care. Okay, yeah. I, I did so my personal page is Chemscare, K-E-M-S-C-A-R-E. You can follow me. Also, the Pan-African Student Union, we are having our annual Black Love Affair. It is April 12th. Tickets are $3 at Wilkins, but we got to sell 100 tickets before April 2nd or they're canceling our event. So you know how Kane does. Get your tickets. Get your tickets, fun. Y'all. Soul food, DJ Walla, music by music calf. <laughs> so come out. <laughs> uh, I'm Gene the Genius. I'm Saad the Guru. And I'm Camille Lottie. This has been another edition of Nambra Talk, and we are out of here. Mm-hmm.